When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with the Tim May Show. And man, you know, uh, I never get tired of this co-pilot because number one, he flies a pretty straight and level down the middle airplane. Uh, Bill Bender of the Sporting News. Welcome back to the Tim May Show, man. I'm going to have to stitch. I'm going to have to stitch your name into that co-pilot seat, brother. Well, you know, you texted me the other day. I believe I was on with Bobby Carpenter and Jacob Hester, and I called them my favorites. And you said, I thought you were my favorite, and you're my favorite of all the favorites, Tim. It's great to be on with you. And, man, we're, we're right down the stretch here. We've got three weeks till the playoff pairings. It goes fast. Um, doesn't seem like that long ago that I was talking to you about Big Ten Media Days. So, man, a lot going on, and a lot has changed since even the last time I talked to you. Yeah, actually – College football playoff starts in two weeks when Ohio State visits uh, visits a Michigan, barring any unforeseen uh, ridiculous uh, upsets this week. Ohio State hosting Minnesota, Michigan playing Maryland, and uh, you know we'll get it. We'll, I'm gonna have you back again on that game week, man, just to kind of help set the scene. That'll be next week, just for a few minutes, just to you know this has the chance to be the biggest of them all. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just crazy what's going to be on the line. But I want to get to you about this number one. Um, uh, number one, your your take on Ohio State right now, it really looks like, especially in that first half against Michigan State the other night, this offense got rolling. It looked it looked a lot like the Ohio State football team I expected it to be covering all year because most of the stars were on hand on offense on the offense and the defense gave up, you know, a few yards, but basically I'm I'm I don't think uh Michigan State had a snap inside the Ohio State 30-yard line the other night. Uh, but the defense has come to play every week. But uh, just what you're taking Ohio State right now, we're going to get into how that dovetails into what do you expect the college football playoff rankings will be this week. But more, I want to know what yours would be if you were on the committee. So go ahead. Take it Let's take it away, Bill. Fly the plane. Let's start with Ohio State uh, over the last three games with Kyle McCord. And I think – one of the big keys, and, and you guys have been talking about this on the Ohio State beat, the reemergence of Travion Henderson, a healthy Travion Henderson, and what a healthy running game can do for a quarterback. And you look at Kyle McCord's last three games, 72%, eight touchdowns, three interceptions. And then, you know, obviously we all know about Marvin Harrison and how awesome he is. And, you know, <laughs> you couple that with this defense that it is not allowing too many points. There's only two defenses in the country allowing less than 10 points per game and we all know who they are it's Michigan it's Ohio State and right behind them honorable mention by the way uh Iowa Hawkeyes then Penn State then right behind them too the oh I can't say that 
Ohio University. I corrected myself. Uh, the Ohio Bobcats are in a top five defense as well. So very excited about all those teams. I think the way, and you've heard Ryan Day talk about it, Tim, right? Complimentary yeah. football. Right now, the Buckeyes are playing that as well as anybody. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. You know, in Cal McCord, now let's face it, they weren't f- facing the um, the seven blocks of granite, the Fordham defense of years gone by, or even any of those great defenses the other night. You won't find Michigan State listed in the top 50 in that regard nationally. Uh, but it was a team coming off its first win uh, over Nebraska the week before. Uh, you know, you always consider the competition when you start talking about these teams. So that's what I'm getting to. Ohio State has two big-time wins on its resume. Another one took a little bit of a dent again over the weekend when Michigan went in and, in my opinion, handled Penn State. You know, a game that was a throwback game to the to the days of yore when teams hardly ever threw the football because three things could happen and two of them were bad. But uh, uh, Michigan controlled things, especially in the second half of that game. I think you agree. Uh but my point is, Ohio State has been number one in the first two college football playoff rankings. Uh, the the new ones are coming out after we record this podcast. But in the Bill Bill Bender rankings, what would be your top four this week in the nation? Well, the problem is the top four that I would have is not the top four teams in the country. We'll get to that part. But okay, I I think over the weekend and. Prepare for Georgia to be number one. I'll start there because of the way they beat Old Miss, 52-17. They're healthy on the offensive side of the ball. That's two straight ranked SEC opponents, and Missouri may bump into the top ten. And I'm not so sure if Missouri and Penn State played, if Missouri would win that football game. So point being, I think they'll be number one. I think Ohio State will be number two. I think Michigan will be number three Oh, uh, coming off that win. And I want to say something real quick about that game. I think it's a huge indictment on Penn State, honestly, to have a team run the ball on you 32 straight times and not being able to change that in your house. And obviously they fired their offensive coordinator. Um, Just it was like the Ohio State game, but worse for them, honestly, if that makes sense. I think Ohio State had a balanced attack against Penn State and did things methodically. But for Michigan to run the ball 32 straight times, that won't happen with Ohio State. They can't do that with the Buckeyes. That's going to be a different game. But number four will be Florida State. But here's where I get different. I think the top four teams, the best teams in the country right now in November with two weeks to go, I think it's Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, and Alabama. I think Alabama is the fourth best team in the country, but they're sandwiched by they're going to need Texas to lose to get that door open for them. Other part, Tim, see if yeah. you agree with me on this. If those are the four best teams in the country, two of them aren't going to the playoff. Yeah. Because they got to play in these next couple of weeks. Yeah. You just hit the nail on the head and then and then you're leaving out. I mean, uh I really think if Washington beats Oregon again, Washington's in the playoff, my man. I mean, I I don't know how they could not be. I'm talking about if they play again in the uh Pac-12 championship game. But if Oregon beats Washington, I think the committee's really going to have a conundrum on their hands. But maybe not because, you know, we're, we're talking about things that haven't happened, you know, uh, but like they will. But I remember talking with, you know, an Urban with Urban Meyer. I do this Urban's take with him every week and uh, told him several weeks ago what, what Alabama needed to get to was a throwback offense. The throwback being the 2005 Texas offense with Vince Young, where they put little, little weight on his shoulders, it appeared, of throwing the ball, meaning – 
make that first read, maybe that second read, but man, you are the difference maker with your feet running the ball. And all they did was run uh, on Vin, right on Vince Young's shoulders uh, to a national championship that year. It can happen. Jalen Milrow is the real deal. And now that they've come to grips with what he is and isn't all about, I agree with you. I mean, I think Alabama is going to be all Georgia can handle because we saw, we've seen running quarterbacks give Georgia fits, you know, and um, Ole Miss for whatever reason, you know, just, just wasn't there this year. Alabama, Alabama thumped them. Georgia thumped them. Ole Miss is an afterthought. Missouri gave Georgia fits and uh, was in that game in the fourth quarter. And they have a guy that can can throw and also run a little bit. So it's going to be interesting. You're right. The SEC, uh, Alabama's already in that game, you know. And and what Georgia can clinch this week? What, 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 what am I right about that? They're already both in. Yeah, they're, they're yeah they're, they're both in. in. Yeah, yeah. So the so, SEC championship is reserved, and that's the point, Tim. Right? That yeah. You you're dead on with the Vince Young comparison. I hadn't even thought of that. That's a great comp because. You saw what Jalen Milrow did over the weekend against Kentucky. That game was over in a quarter. And yeah. when they just let him loose and, and run, and for when you're playing against defenses that can't contain that, it makes it look easy. I think that Georgia game is a true toss-up. And I think the loser, good chance they're out. Because of what you said about the Pac-12, we're running out of time for upsets. Yeah. You have nine teams with one loss or less, right? Yes. And assuming Texas – stays the course they're probably in the pac-12 championship could be a one-loss team versus an unbeaten team the acc championship could be as a one-loss team versus an unbeaten team where so if you're the ohio state michigan loser and ohio state what did they benefit from last year usc losing yeah tcu got in but they needed usc to lose yes they i don't think the ohio state michigan loser will get that benefit of getting that help as of now. Things can change in three weeks. Things get weird. Oh, yeah. But if you lose that game, I have a feeling you're going to be on the outside looking in, even if I believe they're two of the four best teams in the country. Yeah. It, it's going to be interesting. We could run through 100 hypotheticals. The bottom line is Ohio State wins out. It's in. If if Michigan is it's in for a second straight year, if Michigan wins out, it's in for a third straight year. And – uh Really, that's what it comes down to. Because boy, when you when you get down to the one loss guys, and you know if Alabama and Georgia are sitting there with one loss, uh, and the Big Ten champion uh, somehow or another has one loss, um, well, well, a lot of things have to happen, Bill. Yeah, my, it, my brain is get, spinning. My no, brain is spinning. No, it's going to get weird. And, yeah. and what, what? I mean, Alabama? Oregon beats Oregon beats Washington. We, you and I both know Oregon can play with anybody in the country right now. You agree with that, right? Yeah, but you're you're exactly right. But the thing with Oregon is the same problem with Alabama. They are handcuffed by the team that beat them is ranked yeah. ahead of them. Yeah. And, and what, Oregon will get a second chance at Washington. And and the team to watch over the next two weeks is Oregon State, this team that's going to be not in the Pac-12, kind of man without a country type deal. The yeah. next two weeks they play Washington at home as an, at Oregon State in Corvallis. They've got a really good run, balance, pass balance. They're tough at home. And then they play the Civil War against Oregon the following week. Yeah. So they could play spoiler and effectively – what what poetic justice would that be if Oregon State is the one that knocks the Pac-12 out of the playoff? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It'd be crazy. Uh, but 
but like you just said, there's a lot of football to be played. You know, don't forget Texas. You know, Texas beat Alabama. Texas was still ahead of Alabama in last week's CFP rankings. You know, one loss each. I mean, there are just all kinds of uh, ingredients you can stir into this booyah base that this uh, that this thing is turning out to be. Or it could go according to Hoyle. Uh, all, <laughs> all well, three of the four top four teams could win out, you know, and uh, be there. And like you said. Will the loser be will, will the loser be Ohio State? Will it be Michigan? Uh, will it be uh, Georgia if Alabama beats Georgia in the uh, SEC championship game? Uh, which conference then gets two in, or does anybody get two in? Right? I mean, it makes your head spin, right? It does, and, and it's interesting because we're like we said, we're getting down the stretch. I think of those nine teams with one loss or less, the one that probably is not going to get in no matter what is Louisville even though Jeff Brom's had a wonderful season, yeah. the Cardinals could win the ACC, but that pit loss is going to hang over them. The fact that Louisville's in the conversation at, on November 15th is a testament to what he's been able to do. I think the team with the best shot that we could pencil them in, honestly, is probably Florida State. And they're probably the weakest of the four teams, but they play North Alabama this week. Not Alabama, North Alabama. Yeah. Then they play the Florida Gators, who they'll beat. And then they'll probably play either Louisville or North Carolina in the ACC championship. I think Florida is going to be 13 and 0. And uh, unless something happens with Mike Norvell becoming a sort of a distraction with, we all know what, what job came over, open on Sunday uh, yes. over the weekend. We know that uh, Jimbo Fisher is no longer Texas A&M's coach. Oil's not, or oil money is oil money. So money's not a problem. Tim, did they, I think if somebody offered me a $75 million buyout to not coach, I'd be okay with that. Of course you would. And I would too. And so would a normal human being. But these guys are driven, man, by a different calling. Uh, one of it, one of which is pride. The other is competition. And the other is wanting to beat the brains out of the out of the guy you're going against that uh, in the offseason you may play golf with or something. I mean, it's uh it's an interesting deal. And you know, Jimbo Fisher doesn't want to leave. You got the sense he doesn't want to leave this uh prof that profession with his uh tail tucked between his legs you know it just it didn't work I mean and just think about it. they destroyed Mississippi State you know right and he still gets fired because it had been decided it looks like it had been decided the week before that they were going to go a different direction a 70 what 76 million dollar different direction that's a hell of a direction isn't it Bill I think it's horrible for college football I do too it's I you know I remember I talked to Amy Perko with the Knight Commission and they kind of oversee financial issues, welfare issues, those kind of things within the college football arena. And she said, I remember her telling me this would be really awful because you look at the, the money and the financial setup of this sport and you're telling a coach 76 million to walk away when we have all these NIL issues and we have all those things. It's very irresponsible to have that kind of contract. I think it's going to call into question how much we're paying some of these coaches. Flip side of that and I had this discussion several times over the weekend and not to spin it in Michigan's direction, but they were, you know, I got this question a lot and you might've too. It was like, well, what, how big of a difference is it not having Jim Harbaugh on the sideline? Well, I was like, my answer back was, what are they paying these guys 9 million a year for? Yeah. If Ryan Day wasn't on the sideline for Ohio state, it would be a difference maker. Yes. You know, if we had, we, when we had COVID Nick Saban wasn't on the sideline for the iron bowl. Now he may have been calling in something, uh, but it, it does make a difference. So I, it's a tough, it's a tough, what, what do you think? What do you think about what are the ramifications of what happens with Jimbo Fisher? Yeah. I, I, 
I, I agree with you 150%. College football has got to get it. Has, you know, NCAA and, and, and major college football have all kinds of things they need to get a handle on, but they're not doing it. You know, they're, they, they, they just, you know, the phrase I always use, and it's apropos for the NCAA, which is these schools, these member schools. It isn't just a, some castle over there in Indianapolis. Uh, they just keep kicking these cans down the road. I mean, and let's face it, man, these new TV contracts, for example, that the Big Ten has, that the SEC has, they're swimming in green. They're swimming in green cash. And uh, and really, in my opinion, even if the money to buy out Jimbo Fisher is coming from boosters, that's money that could be well spent doing a lot of other things. We all know that. I'm not getting into some kind of like charity kind of situation here. That's not what I'm talking about. But it's irresponsible use of finances, in my opinion. And uh, so, yeah, they've got to – or you just – you made a mistake or did you maybe give Jimbo two or three more years? I mean, this, you know, you've, you've determined you can take no more of these ugly losses, you know, and uh, cause, because it does come down to pride. You're embarrassed as an alum, you know, as a student there, you know, as, as a subway alum or a Twitter alum of a lot of these uh, schools have now, you know, who just jump on every, every time something goes wrong, it's the world's greatest tragedy. Sometimes you've got to live and let live a little bit, but, but believe me, you expect a lot more from a coach after he's been there for a while and you're paying him a lot of money. You expect more than what they've gotten from Jimbo Fisher. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I think you agree with me, right? No, no. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you're dealing with Texas A&M and that program's culture and what's going on with them, and, and we all know next year Texas is coming into the SEC with Oklahoma. These are old rivals with them from the Big 12 days. It's a, they are very much like for the, you know, when you were in high school, they were kind of like the homecoming court, right? They've got to yeah. show each other up and, and get attention. Texas always gets the most attention, arguably the most attention of any program in this country. Um, so when they're coming into their conference, maybe Texas A&M's looking to make a splash. Maybe I think a, a make sense hire would be a guy like Jeff Trailer at UTSA yep. or Mike Elko at Duke. Uh, they may go for like the flashy swing though. They may go after the Oregon coach, Dan Lanning. They may go after coach prime. I'm not doing it to make a headline. I'm just saying anything is possible with, with Texas A&M. Yeah. Lance Leipold, man, he's the guy. I mean, I know he's an older guy. He's not as old as me, but uh, the, he just knows how to win, man. I mean, you know, the, he has shown that. And, and Mike Elko, I mean, uh, I think we've got enough proof about him. I'm not sure. But, but yeah, you don't have to make this, you don't have to sell, you know, the, the, uh, you don't have to sell the riches of the school to go out and get a football coach who can line, line guys up and win games. And uh, what's bothered you, you know, just like with, J with uh, James Franklin and Penn State, you know, go, the go for two thing on Saturday just, just drove me crazy. Like, I mean, I'm just sitting there and I'm not even a fan of either team, but I'm going, why are you chasing points? Why don't you? Why aren't you keeping this in a conventional, classic scoring thing until you have to chase points? It just and then, then they were behind the eight ball and they finally scored again. And you know, a, an extra point would have put them within one score in a two point conversion. Instead, they go for two again. Now they're nine points behind. They have no shot. And just under pressure, man, guys do interesting things, right? Well, Penn State's case, they they are going to have a real about face this off season in terms of. All offseason, from my editors, from 
writers, you read it all off season that this was the year that Penn State was going to break through. It was going to yeah. feel like 1994. They have an elite defense. I will say that. I even against Ohio State, watching their defense pretty close. They're pretty elite on that side of the ball. Their linebackers yeah. are nice. The offense just stop and start. Doesn't have the guys necessary on the outside. Second guessing third down calls, calling timeouts, then punting. Like yeah. you said, Tim, chasing points early. Uh, and again, I, I think it comes down to, in a way, Michigan disrespected them by running the ball 30 times. I think Michigan knew that if we run the ball and we don't turn it over, all we have to do is punt it down there and they're not going to score. Yeah. And they didn't score till late when they sped up. They didn't, they had speed up Michigan. And I would, that's something to look for when Ohio State plays them in a couple weeks. When yeah. Penn State sped up a little bit, it worked. And I would anticipate the Buckeyes may do that. Hey, and by the way, uh, Michigan also did it with this backup head coach. You know, we'll get, we're going to get into that in a minute, Bill, before this goes. By the way, uh, this, this is starting. You can feel the holiday season coming around, you know, right now. And uh, let me just jump in here with a little message from HelloFresh. Uh, it's a sponsor with on3.com and with lettermanrow.com. And, and uh, they've been a sponsor of this, of this uh, Tim May show. And uh, the great thing about HelloFresh is it's America's number one meal kit. It's growing by the day. Uh, it's the great thing where you can order, order something online and have it delivered to your front door, which will have fresh meat in it. We'll have the fresh ingredients for, for the side, uh, side dishes, for that meal. It's a complete meal in a little sack. And it's the greatest thing ever. My wife and I have used several of these now. We've thoroughly enjoyed them. And it takes a hassle out of going to a grocery store and having a, a recipe in mind, but having to buy all those ingredients, the special ingredients that make, a, in my opinion, what sets HelloFresh apart is the special sauces that they come up with. You're, you're eating a gourmet meal. Now you still have to cook the thing. It's not, you know, it's not a microwave meal. You still have to cook the thing. And you need to have the you know basic ingredients like water, uh, milk, uh, butter on hand. But the bottom line is everything you need, everything else you need in a in a meal comes in that HelloFresh pack. And get this, if you go to HelloFresh.com and you slash Tim May Free T I M M A Y F R E E and you use the you use the code Tim May Free, you get free breakfast for life. That's a lot of breakfasts. I don't know about I don't know yeah about you, Bill. But that's a lot of breakfasts. You get one breakfast item per box uh, while your subscription is active, and uh, it's a great deal in all kinds of ways. But the great deal is is the gourmet meal that you get in that in that sack. Like I said, it's America's number one meal kit, HelloFresh. And once more, once more, you go to HelloFresh.com/slash Tim May Free. All one word, T-I-M-M-A-Y-F-R-E-E, and you use the code TIMAYFREE, you get free breakfast for life. That's a hell of a deal. HelloFresh. Check it out. All right, back to our conversation, Bill. Speaking of fresh, uh, did the, in your mind, did the Big Ten do the right thing? Did Tony Petiti do the right thing? And I'm going to preface with this. I've been saying for three weeks now they needed to convene the athletic director's and uh, and or the coaches of the conference, uh, which is what he did. What do you think is the right and just thing here? How much were you affected by this Connor Stallions uh, scheme that, you know, according to Michigan people, only Connor Stallions knew about? <clears throat> Excuse me, I got to drink some water. Uh, 
No, I mean, Tim, last time we spoke, you were very passionate about that it needed to happen now. And the more I thought about it afterward, I was like, that's probably what's going to happen then. You know, you were on to that and you were very, I wouldn't say measured. You were fired up about it. Let's be honest. Yeah, and you were right. Cheating. And I, and I yeah. think what the punishment was is more than I expected, which is fair. Like taking away potentially the Ohio State game from Jim Harbaugh is a big deal. Yeah. So taking that third game, very, I mean, that is a, a good punishment. Not, ha not having him on the sideline this, this Saturday against Penn State or potentially this week against Maryland. Not being afraid of a legal battle, not backing down to Michigan's response, and not, you and I both know, and this was where my cynicism was, was I was like, well, Michigan and Ohio State are kind of the, the ones that run that show. Tony Petiti kind of said, no, I, there's 14 schools here. There's four more coming we have to punish you. And there's going to be more punishment down the line. Yeah. No, no, no doubt about that. Only objection was the timing of it. You know, I, I might've done it this Monday and I know I get it, but suspending somebody while they're in the air created a mess. I had to work Friday. Maybe that's selfish. I didn't want to work Friday night and um, potentially they opened themselves up for if Jim Harbaugh would have stepped on the sideline Saturday, it would have been a big mess for everybody because having a coach openly defy the big 10 would have been a big deal. There will be more legal, you know, TRO this week. If I'm Michigan, I would work with the big 10 and not against them. Yes. And I would say, I'm, I would try to come up with some resolution this week, not in the courtroom where it'd be like, okay, I'll, I'll sit out in Maryland, but you know, we won't pursue anything else. We'll take it. Can we get Jim back on the sideline for a, a plea State? bargain is what you're talking about. Yes. I watch law and order a little bit, you know, so that's what I would do if I was on Michigan side, if they openly defy it, I don't think he'll be on the sideline for the Ohio state game. And I think it's a big deal because we were just talking about having coaches on the sideline. Sharon Moore coaching against Penn state one is one thing coaching in that Ohio state game, which, you know, we're, we're all going to be writing about it next week. The decisions you make in that game are legacy defining decisions as coaches. We remember, you remember, Tim, you've been doing this long enough. You remember plays from like 1988, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, if I bring up a game, you know the decision that they made. I mean, the one that always sticks out with me is Jim Trestle and the deep ball he threw to Ted Ginn in the 2006 game. And yeah. what a wonderful play call that was and a tone setter for the rest of the game. So, yeah, it, it's a big deal. And I, that's my, I think you were right. I think the punishment was a little heavier than I thought it would be and a good one. And there'll be more to follow on that one. Well, but, actually, but in, yeah, I was disappointed. I was disappointed in the in the punishment from the standpoint of I I advocated for him being suspended for three weeks, not three game days. And uh, and then number two, you get suspended on Friday, and he went. He was with the team going to Penn State. Believe me, that's a six hour road trip from Penn State back to uh, Ann Arbor. Uh, I'm not clear on how much time he spent with the team on Saturday at the hotel and stuff, but that's game day. You know, you understand what I'm saying? So right. I'm curious to see how that, how that is uh, explained one way or the other, maybe he spent no time with them. And, uh, but he was, I, I, I doubt that he changed hotels over there, especially with how expensive hotel rooms are over there <laughs> when they have a big oh, we game. Know about that. Huh? Would you say this, would you say the punishment was a half measure? Yeah, I would say the punishment was a half measure. It was something immediate showing that the Big Ten and Tony Petiti, and this isn't Tony. See, this is the other thing. This isn't a personality conflict between Tony Petiti and Jim Harbaugh in Michigan. This is the Big Ten whom, 
who Tony Petiti is speaking for against Michigan and and the scheme it worked for for going on three seasons. You know this uh, against rule scheme of advanced scouting and videotaping or in essence uh, videotaping or whatever measures they use. Uh, to get signals of the other team and uh, of buying tickets at their at their games, uh, perfectly positioned places to do videotaping, et cetera. This was a well thought out, you know, little little scheme they came up with uh, through Connor Stallions. This wasn't some, you know, oh my goodness, I, you know, I, uh, I mistakenly opened a file I wasn't supposed to open, and there was Ohio State's, uh, you know, game plan or something. It wasn't that. This was well thought out. And the idea that the only guy who knew about it was Connor Staggins still still bothers me to, to for anybody to believe that. And then the one guy that you really want to talk to about this and ask questions of is Connor Staggins, and he's resigned. I don't think he – the way I understand, he didn't answer NCAA mm. investigators' questions. So if, if you're doing things on the up and up at Michigan, why didn't you shove Connor Staggins in front of NCAA investigators – and say, answer their questions. This cannot be true. Michigan doesn't do things like this. Answer their questions. But that didn't right. happen. Right. And that's it's not been a good faith effort, a good member effort by Michigan to get to the bottom of this, in my humble opinion. Right. And it's a half measure. And now you've risked if by not taking Jim Harbaugh off the field during practice during the week, I think that's a big deal because then it looks from that side, it's okay, you're well, what does it really matter? He's still helping the team prepare for the next two weeks. How exactly. Much That's really, my point. Yeah. How much are you really punishing him? It was hastily put together, I think, honestly. Now, the other part of it is you could have kicked it down the can two or three weeks and really hammered Michigan. Really hammered him for all those things you just said. Especially for me, the one that's the most egregious to me through this whole thing is if that's Connor Stallions on Central Michigan sideline, yes. which somehow hasn't been refuted or confirmed, or I, I, it's remarkable to me because I'm sure, you know, being at Ohio State as many times as I've been there, I know exactly where my press box seat is. Yes. Because they have my name on it. It's, it's out, and that's kind of cool that they have my name on it. So I know where to go. And you know what a cell phone know. company can tell you? They can tell you what, what tower your, your cell phone's pinging right. off of while you're there. You understand what it, I'm saying? There are quick ways to get to these things. Yeah, and that – so because of the pressure to act, I think they they hastily put together a half-measure punishment, and that's the way I would put it. I don't know if there will be more fight over the next week. I anticipate there will from the Michigan side. And I know last time we talked, you were calling for Michigan self-imposed. That's out the door now. Yeah. Because of the way it was hastily put together. And, you know, you can – it's – just not good messaging coming from them right now because it's almost like I get it from the on the field, the football player standpoint, if they want to be defiant, those are the kids on the field, the leadership and the administration, that's a different kind of look. Absolutely. They're, so, grown, they're the grownups. They're, they're over 40. They're, they're men. They can take it. Right. So I think, and women, and it builds up to next week, which, I mean, I'll ask you this. What, what do you, do you think Jim Harbaugh will be on the sideline? when they play Ohio State. I think it's 50-50. I'll tell you something. The biggest development, in my opinion, that tells me that there's a good chance he will not be, great chance he will not be, you know, everybody thought that was going to be a slam dunk, the TRO they're going to bring in front of a local uh, home field judge, and uh, boom, he was going to grant it. He did not. I mean, that 
he pushed it off till till this the Friday of this week to even really consider it. You know, gather all the things. I mean, that slam dunk they were going for did not happen. So this is a guy. You know, the judge will understand they brought in front of. Uh, you know, I'm not saying he, clearly this guy has uh, scruples, has has morals, uh, believes in the letter of the law. So I don't think that looks good for Michigan that he looked at it. Uh, initially and just goes, no, nah, let's look at this again on Friday, you know, when cooler heads will prevail. So, no, I don't believe he will be on the sideline just based on that because, you know, there are sticking points there that uh, basically Michigan, the way you get it for that mission, that the meeting they had, a joint meeting between the NCAA, the Big Ten, and Michigan way back in uh, the middle of October, uh, where Michigan, it looks like pretty much uh, Mia Culpa, the fact, Mia Culpa, Culpa, did a mea couple of the fact that that this happened, uh, but yet it's not to the level of where guys, you know, penalties should be meted out of me. I mean, in my opinion, it looks like they almost pleaded guilty to the rule violation, you know, and, right. you know, it's not a court of law. But so how do you go back and say, but yeah, but that doesn't mean we should still be penalized because other teams still signs during games, et cetera. Well, that's not what it's about. It's about you breaking an NCAA long-standing NCAA rule, uh, and uh, you know, justice delayed is justice not served, or whatever how that goes, right? <laughs> <laughs> that does sound like something Jack McCoy would say on Law and Order. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree, and I, I don't think he'll coach against Maryland. I think as slim to none chance that happens because yeah. if you're not doing the hearing till Friday, that's another road game for them. I think Michigan, Ohio State's still in play, depending on how they handle this with the Big Ten over the next seven days. Oh, I agree. I agree. Anything's in play. But I'm just telling you my indicators. I'm just looking at the indicators. I'm just going, man, it doesn't look like the judge wants to do that, TR. I mean, he didn't do it slam dunk. So what's he going to – what's going to come up between now and then is going to change his mind. That's the big thing. Hey, I want to throw this in here real quick, by the way. Uh, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., ladies and gentlemen – had once again had one hell of a game, three touchdowns, one running, uh, two receiving. And I keep telling people, man, the reason you want to download the Game Time app, uh, GameTime.co, that's GameTime.co, not GameTime.com, GameTime.co, uh, basically America's fastest rising uh, aftermarket ticket broker, is because there's a great chance Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to play his last home game as a Buckeye this Saturday. Uh when the Buckeyes host Minnesota, flagging Minnesota. And uh, just like last week against Michigan State, when he and Cal McCord uh, conspired to get Ohio State off to an incredibly quick start, something they've been looking for for several weeks now, Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, looks forward to doing that again because he's front and center right now, at least I think having a great shot of getting to New York in the Heisman Trophy race. As Urban Meyer has called him many times, he thinks he's the best overall player and definitely the most ex- one of the most exciting players in college football this year. So why shouldn't he be in the running? And so why shouldn't you be in the stadium on Saturday night? Get that game time app. And uh, if you make your first purchase, you download that game time app and make your first purchase, you get $20 off that first purchase. And not only that, but if you find a ticket in the same row in the same section uh, on another uh, on another application, another company, uh, you would get you will get 110 percent of the difference of those two tickets back from from Game Time, the Game Time app, GameTime.co. So there's no reason 
not to download the game time app when you for put ticket uh, purchases off or you're looking for a future purchase down the road. Heck, Ohio State at Michigan. We've just been talking about it. That's going to be one of the hottest tickets ever because so much is going to be on the line. There's so much drama going on off the field as well as on the field. The game time app is a place to go uh, if you want a ticket to the big house. So it's a game time app. And remember, your first purchase, you get $20 off your first purchase. And if you find that ticket in the same row, same section for less, you get 110% of the difference back from game time app. Now, of course, terms do apply as in as all as in all walks of life. It's a game time app. Bill Bender, you're not going to need a game time app. You're probably going to be there front and center like I am. Uh, but I wanted to ask you this about the Marvin Harrison Jr. Heisman campaign, which Ohio State is pretty much pushing to a certain extent just because they think this young man is special, or as I call him, I think he's marvelous. <laughs> uh, how much of a chance does he have? I mean, Michael Penix Jr. got to figure as the front runner right now. At least that's what I think. Uh, Jaden Daniels down at uh, LSU, he put on another show over the weekend after getting knocked out of that Alabama game at exactly the wrong time. But uh, just Marvin Harrison Jr., what comes to mind when I say Marvin Harrison Jr.? He should be the front runner right now. I mean, he catches wow. a touchdown every week. He should – He if I was – and I have a vote. If I was voting this week, I would probably vote for him one. And I'm not saying it because I'm on your show. I'm not. I I, I have a vote also. It could change. Yeah. Um, Penix and Knicks will, are probably going to have round two. Both of those guys are playing at a super high level, no doubt. Yeah. They'll be in the mix. Jaden Daniels probably deserves to go to New York. Anytime you put up 606 total yards in a football game and and do the things that he's doing – it's very Lamar Jackson-like, but they've lost too many games. He is special. I think Marvin, Marvin Harrison – by the way, whoever came up with that, you probably know, whoever came up with Here Comes the Sun at Columbus yeah. at Ohio State in that building, they should, they deserve a race. That's that Jerry great. Emick, ladies and gentlemen. Jerry Emick at Ohio State. If, that, if Jerry came up with it, I'm telling you. Yeah, that was great. I, I agree. I agree. Well done, Jerry. Um, yeah. And uh, – He's the best player in the country. He's got the best numbers. He's got the biggest stage in the next three weeks. Yeah. Alabama hey. and Georgia have dudes. But, yeah, I think if Harrison has 120 yards, two touchdowns against Michigan, they win the game, uh, he'll have my vote. Just think about all the great receivers you watched play at Ohio State. Marvin Harrison Jr. is the first one to have two seasons of 1,000 yards or more as a receiver. Think about that, Bill. I mean, you've seen some great players at Ohio State. You grew up in this area. It, it's crazy. I mean, and he's not done, you know. I mean, he's got, what, seven 100-yard receiving games this year. And, uh, you know, and then that run the other night, that was his dad's. That was his favorite play was that run that end around for a touchdown. Uh, you can call it a jet, whatever. It looked like a, it looked like the International Space Station, the way he took care of business. And uh, But, uh, yeah, he's a special guy. But I'll tell you what, man, the guy who's sneaking up in this race, and, and we just talked about him a little while ago, Jalen Milrow, you know, right. we've seen some late comers, man. And, man, if he gets out – well, he's got, already got Alabama into the uh, SEC championship game. If they pull that one off, I'm telling you, you, you can feel the ground swell from here, can't you? A guy that struggled against Texas, didn't play against South Florida. What a story that would be. Yes. And he's turned it on. He has. The last couple of weeks, it's like, okay, 
Now, now, I mean, he went step for step with LSU when you knew that was going to be a high scoring game. Yeah. And he's figured it out a little bit and they figured that's Nick Saban. Like love the guy or hate him. That guy knows how to coach. He knows how to figure things out. He knows how to work and evolve and adapt. And some coaches, uh, Jimbo Fisher, uh, other ones that are going to get fired over the next three weeks. Yeah. Didn't learn how to adapt. Nobody. I mean, honestly, you can make the case Ryan days adapted. Yeah. They're, they're went in with a different formula this year. And, yes. uh, you know, the, the great ones do that. Kirby does. Kirby also tells his team that nobody believes in them every week, and, and yet they're number one. So all of those guys really know what they're doing. And like say, you add Michigan in there, whoever their coach is, those are the four best teams in the country, and they got some things to sort out over the next three weeks. The great coaches take what they've got, whatever it is, and beat you with it. You know, that's what Bear Bryant did. You know, the old – uh, you know, Nick Saban's predecessor, so to speak, in the uh, legend market down there. Uh, although Gene Stallings is pretty good. But they take what they've got, whatever it is, and they figure out a way as the season goes on to beat you with it and get better as the season goes on. You know, we're just – we're seeing Ohio State's offense blossom before our eyes right now. You're seeing Alabama's offense blossom before your eyes right now. You're either getting, as old saying goes, you're either like like an auto racing. You're either getting better or getting worse at this moment in the season. And there are some teams that are getting better. Oregon is getting better. Washington, after a little bit of a lull, in my opinion, is getting better. That was a hell of a game against uh, Utah, yes, and they figured out a way to win that game in some little bit inclement weather, you know, from a win standpoint. But they figured out a way with a, maybe the the uh, nation's best passer uh, in Michael Penix Jr to win that game and keep alive and stay, stay undefeated. That's what it's all about now. Right. Putting the W's up on the board. Yeah. And, and who blinks, you know, whether it's Florida yes. state, do they blink? Does Washington blink? Like I said, just keep an eye on Oregon state the next two weeks. I mean, the, the beeves could really rip a, you know, a hole in the pac 12. You know what I mean? They, they yeah. could definitely take out some teams and feel good doing it. So yeah. I think they're an interesting team. Texas lost Jonathan Brooks over the weekend. Yeah, uh, torn torn ACL. So, and he had been really steady in their running game. They still got they got to go to Ames on Saturday. Yep, they go to Iowa State. Weird things always happen at Iowa State late in the season. So there's a long way to go. Enjoy it, but you know I think as far as Michigan and Ohio State go, both will win. Michigan's got the annual Maryland may throw a scare into them on the road game. Ohio State will cruise at home, and then come Monday morning as we get into Thanksgiving week, I think there's going to be a lot of takes. Man, that's going to be I, I can't even – it's going to be pretty special when those two yeah. hook up at 11-0. Yeah, absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Bill Bender of the Sporting News. Bill, thank you once again for being my co-pilot. Hey, no problem, Tim. Thanks for having me. And let's land this thing, man. Uh, until next week, we'll see you then.